Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office. This is our ninth installment of Already, Keith. Of you've, our... you've, you've had two months, people. Yeah. You've had two months of us our, going uh, talking on about, about the this. book of Genesis. This is our ninth installment of the book of Genesis. Wow. <laughs> and we're only up to chapter 16. We're going to be here a while. We're going to be here a while. And we don't mind because we really uh, love this book. I, we love this I study. Love digging into the Word of God, how, how, how can that go wrong? It's the first book in the Bible, and it is so rich with with character development, with theology. It's just it's endless uh, the discussion that we can have, uh, and so we're we're working our way today. We're going to be reading chapter sixteen of the book of Genesis. So get your Bibles out and get ready for Keith to read that. My name is J.D. Gorlad. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. That voice you heard was of my good friend Keith Holmes, the and director of Children and Family Ministry. That's here. right. Yeah, you almost did it with a great radio voice, like I did last week. I don't week. have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I don't. You, I don't. I'm professionally anymore. trained, you know. I have a face for radio, but not a <laughs> not a voice for radio. So I'm highly uh, don't don't let him fool you, folks. I'm highly no, skilled in both of those areas. Check your check the Facebook video out. You'll see good looking guys doing this stuff, yeah, right? Give me a break. All but, right. Okay. Yeah, so, do, what do you owe me money? Is right. That what exactly. This is about? That's okay. it's all paying a debt. Well, yeah. So we're uh, in Genesis 16. So get and, ready. for And that. I had said, what could be wrong with that? Which mm. leads me into the question before we get started today, uh, because we're talking about intentions and and whatnot here in the story. You'll understand here in a minute. But what? When have you had the best intentions, JD? And it's all gone south. That the the outcome was not. Not good. Well, you know, being a minister, there's like thousands <laughs> of examples that Amen. come in. Your question Amen. is, when have your best intentions resulted in bad outcomes? Right. You just described my entire ministry <laughs> career. Wait, how long do you have? But there was this one event that really stands out to me as, as, as you crafted that question to me. I, I remember I was pastoring a church in Illinois, Rock Island, Illinois, and, you know, it was an average-sized church, about 250 members in mm-hmm. And it was an old church. It had been around, had a long, noble history. And I, I came there, and I'm a young whippersnapper. I was about 35 years old, and I was like, well, look, we we really want to up our worship game. We had a good traditional worship service, but I, I wanted to add a contemporary element. And sure. so I went to all this work and, uh, and, and got connected with some people and was just really enjoying the idea of developing an entirely new worship service got together a good band, real talented people, um, singers, uh, songwriters, really neat people uh, that volunteered for this, dedicated Christian people, and put it together. And I was just really excited about this contemporary worship service that I was going to bring to this old traditional church. And I had nothing but good intentions, good ideas and excitement and energy and long story short, it failed. It fell apart. The oh. the, the church rejected over a, a, a several weeks. Uh, after a while, the church rejected it, and the band fell apart because they didn't feel supported by the church. So it was right. going both ways. And I was in this position of being completely in the middle, and just I had put this together, and I had the congregation on one side, and the band on the other, and they just weren't. It, it, as time went on, the thing fell apart, and it was like trying to hold water in my hand, oh. trying to hold this together. Oh. And I had all these great intentions and great passion for this, and the church wasn't ready for it, and yeah. the band wasn't ready to yeah. be in that church. And they, 
And golly, wow. that broke my heart. I, wow. I can remember just being brokenhearted over the failure of that. And and uh, uh, you know, in retrospect, I was trying to do. I was trying to fly too close to the sun. I tried to do too much, and uh, and it but, just didn't work out. But what great intentions, right? What it, great intentions? How about you? Now that yeah. I have confessed my okay, sin or so, falling apart, so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go on that one. That, that because I I obviously have had never had that happen to me because <laughs> I can't think of a thing. I, I said earlier, maybe my wife might remind, I should call my wife and ask because I'm sure she has some examples. But one of the great examples I have is, is of an old pastor friend of mine who had three daughters. And the, do- the oldest daughter turned nine years old. And at the birthday dinner, dad says to her, honey, isn't this exciting? You're halfway through your time here with us. Now, you and I think, well, that's true. She's nine, Almost half of 18. 18. Right, right. That's halfway through. The nine-year-old looked at it like, I'm going to get kicked out of this house soon. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> so the nine-year-old, at her own birthday dinner, starts bawling. And 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 Dad's like, "What's wrong?" And he's she's like, "You told me I only I have nine years left." And and all of a sudden, the little the second daughter, the the next youngest, starts crying too. And he's like, "What's wrong, Mallory?" And Mallory says, "How long do I have, Daddy?" <laughs> before you stop loving before me. Before you stop loving oh, me. Oh, that's hilarious. Me. And by then, the third one just saw her two big sisters crying, so she started crying. Yeah. She didn't understand, but she just knew that if everybody's... I mean, and so they, they went from this moment of happy birthday to three sobbing children. Boy, that real, that has always been my my measurement of yeah, I really thought this intentions. was going to work out well. I can see that guy's wife coming up to him and saying, what in, what in the world did you hope to accomplish when you, a- when you concocted <laughs> that plan to say that to our daughter on her ninth birthday what did you really <laughs> hope you're to, halfway through yeah your time that's, here with that's us. funny sometimes our best intentions end up with bad outcomes and we will see that for sure today well and it's interesting that this is set up because if you've joined us and we hope you have from megan's old office previous uh, episodes leading up to this one we've been talking about abram and god and god uh, covenant with abram and Abram's an old man, and he doesn't have any kids, and and God has made him all these promises to have all these descendants and do all this stuff and transform the world, but God, but Abram can't see it. He doesn't have a kid. He doesn't have a son. It's not going to happen unless he has some offspring, and God is making him wait. Now, we are immediately in the story with that because yeah. God does make us wait, and the question is what, are we, what do we do while we're waiting? Right. You know, how do, do we how do we react to that time of waiting? Exactly to to this situation, not just when we're waiting, but when it seems like God has forgotten us, when it seems like God doesn't know what He's doing, when God uh, it seems like He's made a promise that He can't keep that's impossible. What do we do? How do we react? Well, I know I know what Sarai is about to do, right. and so, so before I get to reading, I want to ask you a question. Yes. What does Sarai's plan assume? Okay. Yeah, this is, a, as I begin to read here, folks, and we're in Genesis 16. Right. And and, and I, I know I interrupted, so please, if you no, remember no, what it, you were going to say. No, no, it's just, it's okay. You interrupt me all the time so much I'd hardly even notice anymore. I've been meaning to talk to you about that, but what would it matter? Uh, <laughs> Genesis chapter 16, this is a moment where, okay, Abram, and it's important to mention Sarai. Sarai is his yep. wife. She's in on this deal. She's right. in on these promises. She's waiting too. God has been talking to Abram, but it, that by nature, 
uh, by correlation, in, it includes Sarai. And well, I mean, we see it from Adam on down. You know, a husband's going to tell his wife what they, you know, it's exactly. the old joke. You tell me, you know my wife's going to know that too, right? Well, but you, particularly here, it's not just a matter of Sarai knowing it. Right. Sarai is going to be the one who gives She's gonna, birth to the that's child. Right, that's that right. That has to happen. So now here's a deal where we've waited, and Sarai wakes up one morning, and she just decides... Yeah, I'm going to do something about this. Sounds she good to me. She plots it out. Exactly, exactly right. All She's right, got so an idea. She's going to put it into it. So into what are you... What, you so repeat again, your question because I again, talked over you. Is, set us uh, up again. That's fine. It's what does Sarai's plan assume? And what are you reading to us? And I'm reading from Genesis 16, 1 to 7, and then 15 and 16. 1 to 6. 1 to 6. Sorry, there you go. 1 to 6. I All just right. saw the number 7. Yeah. All right, here we go. 1 to 6. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian slave girl whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go in to my slave girl. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her slave girl, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife. He went in to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt at her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my slave girl to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Your slave girl is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she ran away from her. Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So, what was wrong, or what did what did Sarai's plan approve, uh, assume? Well, what? It, it assumed that she needed to do something. Okay, so Sarai knows the plan. The, the but wait, God helps those that help themselves. <laughs> JD, wow, that, that is really great. I didn't even think to bring that up. That is that's something that we say all the time. All the time. And people assume that that's in the Bible, and they're always fascinated, Keith, when I tell them, "Yeah, that's not in the Bible. It's, that's not necessarily untrue. That's not necessarily a lie. God does like helping us when we invest and when we try to help ourselves. But by the way, that is not. That's just something that we say, and people. Uh, assume that it's in the Bible, uh, and it's not. No, uh, no it is But that is, is very much, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's very much what Sarai does here. Okay, so God has made this promise of them having descendants, right. and having descendants as many as the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore, or all this kind of stuff. Right. So your question is, what is Sarai's uh, uh, plan? Of, what does it assume? Right. It assumes that God needs help. Right. Got, okay, this is great. God exists. I don't have any problem believing in God. God's made promises God, to me, and I think God wants to bless me. But God needs my help. 
God just can't do all this that he's promised on his God, own. God. Is any Again, I ask this question at this point in the show every time. Is anybody in the story yet? Has <laughs> anybody done this before? Well, God needs my God needs my help in order to make... This clearly has to happen. And I've decided that this has to happen. God has blessed this, and he needs my help. Amen and amen. That, that's just so ridiculous well, when I, you say it like that, right? And I think, I think too, about the time... You know, when God was starting to work on my heart that I needed to move into full-time ministry or more, I needed to do more in ministry. I was, I had a, I had a corporate position. I was doing very well. Things were going great. I did not dislike my job, but I really wanted to serve the Lord. So I kept pushing. I said, come on, God, let me, let me help. Let me help at the church I'm attending. Let me help. Let me help. Let me help. And, you know, a, a position opened up and I went into interview and I was rejected. Mm. And so I was angry. Well, then it, later I, I came, uh, there, another situation arose where someone else who was working at the church moved, within a year, moved back to his old church. He, was, he, was, he got a call from his old church saying, we want you to be in leadership at our church. And he totally disregarded his call to the church we were at here in Omaha, and he went back to his church elsewhere. And that really affected people. I watched people who were deeply hurt by that. And, and, and I think, okay, so this is more than a job. This is a calling right. that I'm looking at. That has connections to other people's lives. There's... So here I am pushing God, saying, God, let me do this. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I completely backed off at that point, and that was my Sarai moment, right? That was my moment of realization. Here I am trying to force my will on God to serve him. Right. I'm telling God, great you're intention. missing out on a great deal here, Don't God. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Don't you know who I am? But uh, isn't it, 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 I mean, here, I really feel like I'm connected with Sarai in that moment where it's like, God, I've got this. I've got this great plan. Just Get out of my way. Right. The, I don't think many people are going to have a hard time connecting with what Sarah... Again, here's the author of Genesis giving us, once again, what seems to be this very simple pedestrian little mm-hmm. factoid story, right. which is just so chock full of, of spiritual uh, ramifications, of, of spiritual truth that applies to all of us. Uh, there's a plan, there's a promise that God has, and Sarai takes it upon herself to execute that plan to right. help God along. Right. I don't think there's anybody out there with any kind of spiritual honesty at all uh, that would be able to say, "Well, I've never, I, I've never done that." There's a fascinating balance here, Keith, between and I was, you know, what you were talking about is very interesting, and what what Genesis is talking about this fascinating balance between taking and receiving. Now. There are many times, many moments where God opens a door or window for you, and you've got to take it. Yeah. You've got to seize that. You've got to go out there. You know, you're in the boat, and you see Jesus walking on water, and you say, right. hey, man, let me wa- walk on water. And Jesus comes back and says, yeah, come on, man. I am, I'm not going to lift you out of the boat. you got you got to do it yourself. And Peter, to his credit, does. He gets right. out of the boat. and So he seizes that. He takes that opportunity. There is a balance between taking and receiving too. There is this this element of letting letting the timing, uh, letting the gift, letting the opportunity come to you to 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 wait for it to receive it. Amen. There is that moment when it comes that you have to take it, but and, and act on it. But there's also this delicate balance where taking does not mean forcing it and manufacturing it yourself. So you, there's a there is God providing, there's God giving, there's God gifting and blessing, and there is you taking that blessing, taking ownership. And we talked about that before. 
when God provides it, instead of doing the whole, building the whole bridge yourself. Right. And this is where Sarai and all of us, that balance is so, so challenging. Uh, for for all of us in, in multiple situations, oh, absolutely. where we see we we see what needs to happen, and we're not wrong that God wants it to happen, but we're wrong in in the timing and the in the execution of how that happens. So do you do you think then coming back to the plan of Sarai that she assumes she understands and knows the will of God and is acting in in a way that would be pleasing to God isn't that, that isn't that interesting my answer is yes yeah. but it's not in the text there isn't a line in there that right, says, says yeah hey, you know and Sarah I just assume it doesn't we have to read that ourselves we have to and we do that by putting ourselves into the story right. and that's a great point that you bring up I mean we want to get inside the head of Sarai because this is not what that was this whole event the birth of Ishmael was not a part of the plan of God. This was not how this was going to happen. If it happens, that's great. But this is not right. the promised child. There you go. That that's this is not the covenant child. This is not the covenant child. This is not the promised child. This is a you can go ahead and do this. Uh, you can go ahead and have Ishmael. You can go ahead and do this. But this ain't how uh, God is going to to make this happen. But inside her head, Sarai's head. Yeah, no, I can I can force God's hand. I can I can make this happen. Again, it's like she's applying logic. We talked about it last week with Abram. He's applying logic. You haven't given me a kid. I'm giving my I'm giving my inheritance to Eleazar. Yeah. No, God says you're not. You're going to give it to your son. Right. Here now we see Sarai. Now we see Sarai enter the story saying, "Okay, we're going to give you we're going to give you my slave girl and she's going to produce the heir because obviously logically I'm too old to produce an heir for right. you. She's it's like she's saying I like the fact that Eleazar's not going to get the whole thing. Right. Uh, but there's no way this is going to happen. It's interesting that Sarai believes. She right. does believe and she's excited about the promise. She's excited about what God has in mind. Right. And that excitement gets her into 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 trouble. Uh, this is the same thing for us. Don't I'm not trying to tell you not to get excited about what Jesus says or what God might do in your life, but just be careful to to let God make that thing happen. Right. But man, that is so much easier said than done. Holy cow, that is so uh, so difficult uh, to have happen. So now let me go. It says, uh, Sarai says. God has prevented, he, she goes to Abram, and she's, you know, Abram, God's prevented me from having children. First of all, is she right about that? She is right. Yeah, absolutely. She, God has prevented, right? Well. That's interesting. We, I want to point that out, that, that God, contrary to what a lot of preachers are preaching today, uh, God doesn't just give you whatever you want whenever you want. That's not why he's here. God prevents you quite often right. from having things. Well, it's what we want versus what we need, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, God, God knows what we need. So, Keith, why do you suppose Sarah's Sarai at this point mm-hmm. uh, is right that God has prevented her from, from having this child or any children? Why do you suppose God's done that to her? What's the blessing? Is there a blessing? Is God blessing her? Yes, I'm <laughs> sure he is, he said, with, he said with absolutely zero confidence. I'm sure he's blessing her somehow. Um, so, yeah, so to me, it's a matter of, again, it comes back down to, do you trust me? Do you, I've told you right. and your husband now, you will produce an heir. 
do you trust me and are you going to show that by your actions? Right. Are you going to show me, you know, again, it's that it's that it's the the Suzazian suzerain vassal. Suzerain. I'm never going to get it right, no, guys. You're not. You're suzerain. Not even trying, I'm not even you? trying you're, at you're, that point, right? right? But the suzerain vassal part of it, it God has made a promise. Right. He, you know, the covenant we talked about it last week. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it right now. We'll wait. Yeah. But you know, it's that it's that vassal part. It's okay. Your part of this is to be to wait to wait to be patient. You are going to have a child. Right. And Trust. and Sarai Sarai has got this great idea now. She's like, I know what God means. He means for me to give Hagar to Abram so we can all have a kid. Yay me. Right. right. And you know, it it it's no Sarah. Yeah. Sarai. No. I could just see God because I know he does it with me where he just puts his hand in his head and he just shakes his head. You know, he closes his eyes. He's got his hand in his head and he's just like, oh my or head in his hand. And he's just like, really? Oh my goodness, Keith. And I can only imagine that's what he looks like at this point. Like, oh, for crying out loud, Sarai. Yeah, and to paraphrase this situation, it's like God is going to me and he's saying, if I take the place of Sarai, uh, in, it, 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 in Sarai's case, she wants to have a baby. In my right. case, I want to have something else new or happen in my life, something, some blessing to unfold. And, right. and, it, and, it, and God's coming to me and he's saying, just like he's saying to Sarai, it's not in the text, but by making her wait, God is speaking. By making us wait, God speaks without words. And he's saying, okay, Sarai, JD, uh, I'm going to do this for you, but I, I, just, I just want you to wait. And I want you to be patient. Right. I want you to trust me. Yep. And it's as if Sarai, for me, by her actions, is saying, but I don't want to wait. Right. It's almost, exactly. it's, it's, it's like talking to a, a, a four-year-old. Right. Okay, JD, I want you to wait. I want you to, we're going to do this. We're going to have this great day. We're going to have this great thing for you. This thing is going to come, but I want you to be patient. I want you to, it's not going to happen today. No, 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 no. no. You know, we, we have the best preschool in the entire city of Omaha. It's called Wonder Place Preschool. It's a fantastic program. And the kids and the parents come in to the preschool right past my office and right underneath <laughs> Keith's office. Yep. And every day that they come in, there's always, like, how many? Three, four kids who are like, yeah, it's yeah. just this whole drama. And, oh, and they're just yelling. And, and it's all about... I don't. I want this. I don't want to do this. I, yep. And it could be any number of things. But holy cow, this is exactly how it is for God with us. Well, and 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 that that leads my to me to my next question to you. What does the impatience produce? Yes. Because that's what she ultimately is: is selfishly impatient. Yeah. She says, "God, you've made me this promise. Yes. I want that promise now." As yeah. you often, as we'll hear, no, mommy, now, That's no, very daddy, much how it is. now. And she is selfishly impatient, but she's also understandably impatient. For, I mean, it, yeah, yes, absolutely. Because she, come on, God, you made this promise. Let's get her done. Right. Right. And so your question is, what does that impatience produce? What does well, that produce? Well, for the us first now? thing, obviously, is. Produces Ishmael, right? It produces a baby, exactly. Uh, you know? But then it also produces this strife where you know Hagar becomes in uh, becomes pregnant, yeah. and she becomes uh, contemptuous against uh, yeah. Sarai, yeah. and Sarai Abram then. Abram chickens out. I mean, come on. I'm trying. I want to give Abram what a cop out. Yeah, it was a cop out. It was. I want to give him credit, but he's like, hey, you know, it's not my problem. He, she's your slave girl. You do whatever you want. Boy, and did then, you hear the echoes of? But this woman you gave me. Yes. I mean, Absol- from the beginning, right, people. Keith is making reference to Genesis chapter three right there. 
Yeah. By the way, let's just pull a car off to the side of the road. This is Abram and Sarai. These are the prom- These are the blessed ones, and they're yep. acting impatiently. They're like acting like impetuous children. Yep. And then when it blows up in their faith, in their face, Sarai treats Hagar horribly. Abram, Abram, she comes to Abram with this problem, and and, and Abram says, "Yeah, yeah, it's not my problem. I don't care. Do whatever you want." Yep. He cops completely out. He doesn't. Uh. He, he doesn't play the peacemaker at all. These are the. This, this is the. This, these are the kingdom makers. These are the ones. The people that, of God. The people of God that God has chosen, and God, and like you said, God has got to have his head in his hands. Like, oh my oh. gosh, this is not going well. <laughs> it's not. So what? In answer to your question, this is all a product of Sarai's impatience, yeah. and I think it is understandable. It is selfish, but it is also understandable. Good, Absolutely. Good descriptions. But it produces a child that wasn't part of the plan. It produces a child that is not the promised child. It doesn't move God away from God's intentions or God's plans at all, because God cannot be manipulated. And it results in in a complete disastrous strife within this blessed family. Wow. I haven't... Geez, Keith, that's never happened to me. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I will say, though, this story, you know, really hits home... Um, the the one that I told you earlier about how you know I had seen someone, um, you know, leave a calling and go to another church and everything like that, and that was my moment. And I'm blessed. I got to tell you, every time I think about this, I realize if I had pushed, it would have been a disaster. It would have been a disaster for me personally. It would have been a disaster for that ministry in that church more than likely. Like it was what that I saw. And it was a moment where I realized God's intention of me waiting was the right thing to do. Waiting, not getting that job was the right thing for me. And so to, to read this and say, man, just what, what horrible fate awaited me had I kept pressing God or had I pushed, you know, pushed God into, or just said, you know what, God, I got this. You stay out of my way. Yeah. And, and cause, cause Sarah is, this is the perfect example. This impatient, and this, and you said it best, this impatience just produced a disaster. You know, and, and, a and you're, you're disaster. exactly. You're, and your comment leads me to the next uh, question that we intended. And, and that is, okay. So, Ab- so Sarai comes to Abram with, I got a plan. She wakes up, <laughs> I get this picture that they're having coffee. She gets up, she's like, you know, something I was thinking about before I went to bed last night and we could do it this way. I could give you Hagar. We could, we could make this thing happen now right you know i mean instead of all this waiting around for god to make this i mean you're 86 years old i'm 75 or whatever this is not going to happen by us i'm so face facts i mean there had to be a conversation like that around coffee in the morning that's how i how do you breach this subject i broach the subject subject. hey hon i have an idea so sarai comes to abram with this plan and Abram goes with the plan. And you're right. It, it's very, it echoes Genesis chapter three, doesn't it? Where yeah. Eve eats the apple. She just gives the apple, the fruit to, yeah. to Ab- Adam, and Adam just eats it. Yeah. He doesn't sit there and question, oh, okay, this looks good. I'll All just right, eat honey. that. You bet. So then Ab- Adam in that situation should have reacted differently. Right. Abram in this situation should have reacted differently yep. when Sarai over coffee hatches this plan. Right. How should a- Abram, how, how do you think he should have responded to, to uh, the suggestion, the, the plan? A gentle husbandly rebuke. Yeah. <laughs> how good are you at that? Uh, not good at all. Yeah. You know, what do you mean? What should he have said? He should have said, no, God will provide you and I a child. Why he, didn't he do that? 
I think, why don't we do that? I think because that plan of action is the right thing. I don't know. Have you ever been stuck in traffic and you realize, you know, if <laughs> I'm I turn, go off road, if I go, if I take this, if I, you know, cause you know, Omaha well enough, you know it now. Right. So you're like, okay, I go up this way. Then I turn left on this street and I'm almost home. Now there's a big traffic jam. So now if I go left and then right and then go left and right and left and right and left and right. And ultimately I'll get out to where I need to be to get home. Well, it probably takes you just as long if to go left longer. and right and left and right and left and right as you would if you had sat there. Right. But doing something is so much better feels than sitting in traffic yeah. and waiting. So if you want to know, I'm sure, what Sarai and Abram are feeling, think of it that way. Think of it, are, are you willing to wait in the traffic? Because yeah. it's going to take you just as long. That is a great example. Example. Exam- that's a great example because it's a deal where you you take ten minutes longer or, by yeah, doing or that, maybe by doing yeah. the detour. Yeah. But you feel like you went faster. Exactly. But I was laughing as you give this example of taking the left and taking the right to avoid the traffic jam because in that scenario, Keith, you're still on the street. You're right. still using roads and obeying traffic signals and things like that. Right. What Abram and Sarah are doing is like, you know, there's a traffic jam. I'm going to drive through this guy's it's yard. Oh, there you go. Just <laughs> take this <laughs> fence out and just go right through. I'm just, I'm just going to do some four-wheeling here. I'm just going to drive through the UNO campus and, and do whatever I want. Out of That's, my way. So, I mean, a, and Abram should have said, yeah. he should have he said, yeah, I understand that you, I understand what you're saying. That, right. that makes sense, Sarai, but we're not going to do that. I'm going to trust the Lord. Yeah. Why doesn't he do this? Because what she says, what she su- suggests, has a has an appeal. It's a shortcut. Yeah, right. It feels like I'm doing something. Right. Great analogy that you give of being in a traffic jam and, and just doing anything to feel like you can break mm-hmm. out. Exactly. And yet we have to recognize that that that's, if that's not what God wants us to do, if God wants us to sit in the, and wait in the traffic jam, then that's the best place for us to do, and we're doing it, we're doing just fine. Yep. That seems so counterintuitive, oh, and I and bet there are people hurts. listening to this saying, "Man, JD, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said." No, you know, you know because we don't see the value in waiting. We don't right. see the value. There can't possibly be any value in waiting. That lives within our hearts, but it's a lie. There's great value in waiting uh, because it teaches us patience. It teaches us our place. It teaches us humility. And, um, it, and and for me, it also teaches us God's timing because, again, had I pushed my way through to that job, I might have put myself and that church in that very same position where, you know what, this isn't what this isn't right, and now I have to disengage leaving this issue yeah. you know, behind a hole in their ministry right. that, that would have affected not just me but other families and, and right. the ministry. And, and God himself would have been very saddened by, by and just I'm sure as he would, I mean, he, he has to feel, I mean, more than just ha- head in hand, he's got to feel heartbreak at this. It's like, right. why are they not trusting me? Yeah, but in con- inclusion, it's very interesting to, th- to muse and think about what God doesn't do here. God does not prevent them from... He, God could right. have prevented them. In, in the book of Matthew, uh, Joseph, the father, the earthly father of Jesus, decides to divorce Mary. And right when he had decided to do that, the angel prevents him from doing that. Right. But God doesn't, by, by God's own wisdom, 
uh, as I've made, it, we've kind of built the scenario out here. Sarai and Abram are going to off road here. They're going to go. go. They're going to yeah. tear through somebody's yard <laughs> and do whatever they want. It's interesting that God does not prevent them from doing. It. He prevented uh, uh, Joseph from doing that in the book of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Doesn't prevent it here. Right. Uh, perhaps for no other reason than to teach them and to teach all of us to have a shining example of what happens when we. Go off-roading with right. the plans of God. It, 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 it's not going to manipulate God. It's not going to change what God's doing. Ishmael is not going to sudden... It's not as if God is going to sit there and say, Oh, okay. Well, why didn't I think of that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just... You gave me Ishmael. Let's just go with that. I'll, right. I'll just throw this plan out. God is not going to be moved from that. Nope. When are we going to realize that? Uh, but it, it, it is very difficult, isn't it? Waiting is the, probably the hardest thing for me. Yeah, is that is that moment of, and I and I love my God because He shows me just as He did in that story I told, of what it would have been like. Yeah. Here's your reward, if if nothing else, even if I had never come to work here at Dundee, which I thank God for every day, and I know you don't, but I do. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I'm but working I, on yeah, it. Yeah, He's working on it. I thank God every day that I'm here, but I also thank Him because I didn't get the job where I wanted to go. This was yeah. a gift to you. That was the gift. Yeah. And, and, and so I think as we look at Sarai, the story here, and, and realize this is our gift from God. This is what happens when we go off-roading, when we take things into our own hand. Look at this, kids, and remember, I didn't. this was not my plan, and right. we've got trouble now. Just examine the balance between taking and receiving. There it is, yes. You know, like we referenced before. It's a tough, tough balance. And you'll get Amen. it wrong. Huh? Uh, but we won't always get it right, but God is good. God's plans still prevail. And Amen. we'll see that in subsequent readings. This has been Megan's Old Office. Uh, Keith, it's been fun. Yeah, it has. Uh, and I'll, uh, we'll see you all uh, next time uh, for our next installment of the Book of Genesis. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office, brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.